Possibly the rustling could have had other origins. The nuns that once inhabited this place inhabit it still, I remind Lucas. They hang out in the upstairs corridors. Their rosary beads clack and their skirts. Yes, rustle. When you pass them, the sisters watch you in a pale, patient way, as if they're waiting for you to join them, and they seem certain they won't be waiting too long. Dead and gone, eight hundred years. Why don't they rest in peace the way the dead are supposed to? Oh, come on, Maisie, Lucas says. Stop this. It upsets everyone. And it's tedious. There is no afterlife. No heaven, no hell, no underworld. No God, no devil, no angels, no demons, no ghosts. In particular, there are no spectral nuns. Stop embroidering and sit still. Lucas speaks sharply, so I've irritated him. To placate him, I sit as still as a harvest mouse, Micromus Minutus, and after about fifteen minutes of silent work, he relents. I knew he would. Lucas likes my stories. Everyone else at the Abbey is always too busy to listen. Not just now, Maisie, they say, backing away. But if you want to know about this house and this family, as Lucas certainly does, I'm the one to consult. I may be a child but I'm formidably observant, as Lucas knows. So when did Stella recover? Lucas asks. Was Julia always beautiful? Was Finn always aloof? When did you first meet Dan? Who shot that lion in the library? Do you remember America? Do you like milk in your coffee or cream? I like Lucas. He likes me. I think he prefers me to my sisters, though I could be wrong. Come on, Maisie he says. I want to know everything. I pretend to hum and ha, then a memory pops up of its own accord, so I say that I'll tell him about Dan's grandmother, alias the Wicked Witch, alias the Munchkin, Julia's nickname for her. I'll tell you about the time she told our fortunes, I begin. Then I hesitate. I can feel something cold and hard inside me, as if I've tried to swallow a pebble and it's stuck in my throat. Lucas's expression is kindly, though no one would describe Lucas as a kindly man. Sometimes I think he pities me, and I suppose there could be reasons to do so. Stuck in this house with Gramps, who's getting doddery, and Stella, who inhabits a planet far, far from here, plus two sisters who are both legendary creatures of beauty and intellect. People fuss over me, but they won't listen. If the nuns didn't speak to me, I'd be starved of conversation— I'm the girl in the corner, the one everyone ignores. I do not have breasts yet. Yes, I can see that in the pitying stakes, I might score. Dan's grandmother. And she told the cards for all three of you. Did you hear what she told Finn and Julia, too? I did. Was Dan also present? He was. How old would you have been? I pretend to tot it up though I know perfectly well. I'm the afterthought, the last-ditch attempt at a boy, so there's a long gap between my sisters and me. I was almost seven, Finn almost fourteen, and Julia sixteen. It was Julia's birthday, I say. That's why we went to see Dan's grandmother. We were consulting the oracle. Birthdays are a propitious time to do it. There was also a full moon. Powerful stuff. Lucas makes a delicate smudge on his page. At this rate, I'll be composed of shadows. 
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, says a familiar voice in my ear. For thou art with me, I answer silently. Sit still, Maisie, says Lucas. Beside me, the Reverend Mother smiles. Isabella will be twenty-three in a few weeks. She has glass-green eyes and a rosary made of jade. Her responsibilities are many, but she always has time for me. Touching my arm, she steals silently away. Lucas, the unbeliever, sees nothing. Outside the windows, the sun shines. It hasn't rained in weeks. This is a golden summer, the best summer I've ever known. By the end of it, I shall be translated. I feel certain. I'll cease to be a girl and become a woman. I shall emerge from my chrysalis, my wings damp but lustrous. Maisie transformed. Lucas angles the sketchbook so there is no possibility of my seeing it. Now, Maisie, you can talk, but don't move your head from that angle. The light's perfect. Turn your face slightly to the left. Undo that top button. Excellent. Clever girl. I'm all ears. Now go on. I try to concentrate and summon up the past. It's cool here in Lucas's improvised studio, and it is calm. This large room has a stone floor and a vaulted ceiling. It was built by Isabella in the 13th century and was once the refectory, linked by passageways to the cloisters and the main body of the convent. But those links disappeared at the time of the Reformation, so this part of the building is now islanded. It's quiet and secluded. Lucas has taken it over. He and Dan have just come down from Cambridge for the last time. Dan often stays at the Abbey now. He could stay with his father and grandmother in the village, but he prefers it here. Lucas has visited before, but I don't think anyone exactly invited him, though I suppose Finn might have done. Lucas is not interested in creature comforts. He sleeps on a lumpy couch in the corner and brews coffee on a paraffin stove. When he wants a bath, he swims in the river. When he wants food, he comes up to the house, charms Stella and raids the larder. Stella is a fine cook and she thinks Lucas is a genius. Propped up on an easel, turned to face the wall and hidden behind screens, is the portrait Lucas is supposed to be painting, his recompense for living here all summer. It's a gigantic gigantic picture of Julia, Finn and me to be called the Sisters Mortland, which I consider a dull title. Lucas doesn't seem to work on it very often, though he may at night. I'm not sleeping too well. Sometimes the nuns disturb me, sometimes it's my dreams. Once or twice I've crept out of bed and come down to the garden and seen the lights in here. Lucas closes the interior shutters, but there are six bright slits striping the ground outside like golden bars. It could be that these sketches of me are preparatory work for the portrait. I'd like to ask Lucas if they matter and why they might matter, but I know he won't answer. He's a secretive man. It takes one to know one, as Bella likes to say. I'm a secretive girl. I think they must be important because Lucas says he plans to complete four drawings of me this year. The first drawing, Spring Maisie, was finished in the Easter vacation. Summer Maisie is the one he's working on now. Autumn Maisie and Winter Maisie will follow in due course. I'm not allowed to see them until all four seasons are finished. I'm not allowed to inspect the Sisters Mortland portrait either, and neither is Julia nor Finn. When he's out, Lucas locks the windows and the door. 
he bought a new padlock for the purpose. How paranoid can you get? Julia says. Julia's just returned from a year's postgraduate study at Berkeley, California. It's affected her clothes and vocabulary. Paranoid is now a favourite word. Come on, Maisie, Lucas prompts. Talk to me. The pencil hovers, and, obedient to him, as always, I walk back into the past. I watch the three of us set off that afternoon. We take the path through the woods, something we rarely do. Julia is wearing a new white dress. It has paper nylon petticoats that make the skirt bell-shaped and brodery anglaise round the neck. She's turned into a woman overnight, and she's so blazingly beautiful it hurts my eyes. My sister Finn is wearing old clothes as usual, ancient slacks, a crumpled blouse and sandals. She's slender and straight as a willow wand. I can tell what Julia's thinking. She's usually thinking about herself, but Finn is intricate, like a knot I can't undo. I bring up the rear. I'm wearing brown linen shorts, conquer brown Clark sandals, and a white Airtex shirt. I've been reading the famous five books in secret, their top of Stella's list of forbidden literature, and like the immortal George of Kirin Island, I want to be a boy. I whistle to the dog only I can see, and put my hands in my pockets and scuff my shoes. I think I'm happy. Happiness is catching. After a while, Finn and Julia stop arguing, and Finn, who has a very sweet voice, begins to sing. We come out of the wood, and the heat of the sun hits us. The valley below us is burning gold. The hedgerows are thick with elderberries. Thirty elms march in a long line down the lane. The apples in the orchards are ripening. The wheat ripples. God has